With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. I'm your host, Katrina Goodlett, aka Kitty Bella. 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 Sunday, January 5th, 2015. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. I'm broadcasting live from the TWOCC National Headquarters in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I'm so happy to be here. So much love, so many feels. This is an honor. Please go to the webpage at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Kitty Bella Show and check out our upcoming episodes as well as our podcasts and interviews that are on demand 24-7. The beauty in podcasts is that you don't need to spend time viewing a program. You can listen to the Kitty Bella Show while doing laundry, going for a walk, working out, and driving with a hands-free device, of course. Please go to our Facebook page, The Kitty Bella Show, and like our page. Please also follow me on Twitter at Tweetrina, the number 4-L-Y-F-E. Also, please utilize social media during this show. Tonight's hashtag will be hashtag TWOCC, hashtag The Kitty Bella Show. There will be a live Twitter chat tonight utilizing those two hashtags hosted by TWOCC National and TWOCC Ohio. Please comment provide your feedback and analysis. Just don't forget to conclude those two hashtags, please. Amplifying is real key. If via social media is not your cup of tea, join us via the telephonic instruments at 347-237-4756. All we ask is that you be in a quiet space and the volume is up. We will also be taking questions tonight. You can listen to the show from the telephone as well and ask questions to the host and guests. This is a groundbreaking new show on Block Talk Radio. We will discuss all kinds of issues here, from the mundane to the serious, and go beyond the sensational issues and discuss the real issues that occur in transport lives. We will discuss all aspects of our guest lives. We are so much more than our genitalia. Many of us have persevered despite daily oppression. Trans folk are everywhere. Our lives matter. The fact is, I'm not even supposed to be here, a black trans woman producing and hosting a radio program online. So for me, just being in the space is an act of revolution. But how do we push the agenda forward? How do we continuously elevate the conversation geared towards issues of importance? Tonight's show is the first of 2015, everyone, and we are starting with one of the most iconic, inspiring women of color in the trans community. Tonight, Kiribala 2015 welcomes Ruby Carrado. 
Ruby is the founder and executive director of Casa de Ruby. We will talk about how she founded Casa de Ruby, her experiences trying to uh, grant, get the granting for the opening of the new LGBT homeless shelter, her experience with LGBT orgs in general, her thoughts on current immigration rights. We're going to talk about it all, her recent marriage, and so much more. So what's the tea? Oh, yes. There's some tea. Four cups. Congrats to my sister, Lord Ashley Hunter, as she joins the D.C. LGBT Center Board of Directors as Communications Officer. This is the work. Wait a minute. She deserves a bomb. This is the work. Trans women of color stepping up into leadership roles that they were born for. So dope. I would like to also shout out my sis, Jenna Mock, on her new show, So Popular, an NBC shift, a streamlined platform aimed at young people. Also, congrats to my bro, Michael Battle, for his new direction with Garden of Peace. Congrats to Angelica Ross for her feature story in the Melissa Harris Perry show over the weekend. The story was, of course, about Angelica's groundbreaking company, Transtech Social Enterprises, the TWOCC, one of very few graduates or ran by a trans woman of color with direct impact for trans women of color. TWOCC is still accepting small and not so small donations. Go to www.twcc.us for more info. So a bountiful seed. Give birth to a life. Also, I would like to amplify the brilliance that is Goddess Queen Ripley Bennett, as she is the creator behind a lot of those cartoon pics of the TWOCC ladies that you see. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you look at our Twitter account, it's our Abby. So that Abby, those those depictions, those cartoons are created by our goddess cool sister, uh, Ripley Bennett from Ohio. She's from our T-Walk Ohio branch. And she does freehand portraits and cartoons for a reasonable rate. So she has a Facebook page, Art and Short Stories by Ripley M. Bennett. That's W-R-I-P-L-E-Y. Check it out. And if you would like to talk to Ruby tonight, guys, we have an opinion about an issue, let us know. Call us at 347-237-4756. Speaking of issues, yes, I do have some ramblings about this Leela Alcorn tragedy. I have noticed, similar to the Mike Brown and Alon Nettles and Eric Garner murders, there is a much heavily noted and duly shade observed when it comes to the murders of black and brown bodies. Juxtapose the murders of our black and brown brethren and look at the outpouring for Leela. This is in no way a judgment of Leela, as she has no control over who decides is a more valuable life. She has no control on what the media and hype machines on social media and the LGB orgs with six-figure salaries decide is a more valuable story to shed light and visibility on, to pour money into. Do you guys follow me? In both the LGBT community and life outside of it, we are seeing and observing with our own two eyes, and some of us are third eye, the obvious disparage, the obvious lack of human empathy, the obvious outpouring of emotion for folks who support white systems and those who idealize those systems. In case point, the two NYPD officers murdered. They have received an outpouring of donations for the children and respective police charities and foundations. But what about the children of Eric Garner or the parents of Mike Brown? Do their lives not matter? Meanwhile, Elon Nettles' award could barely make a few thousand. Where was Elon's outcry? 
our two shining sisters in struggle, Laverne Cox and Denenbach, did what they could to amplify Elon's brutal murder. But neither Janet or Laverne run any news stations or LGBT media companies. So for some reason, even when they spoke out about Elon or her story, it never quite resonated the way it does with Layla. We see you. We see all of you. Does my life matter? Does my life have any worth? What are your thoughts about this? Call us up, 347-237-4756. Enough of me rambling. Please offer your analysis on the story or any other topic. Don't forget we are live tonight. Participate via Twitter, hashtag PWCC, hashtag the Kitty Bella Show. Tonight's guest, Queen Goddess Ruby Corrado, is the founder and executive director of Casa de Ruby in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Ruby was born in San Salvador, El Salvador. She fled a civil war when she was 16 years old. Ruby has lived in Washington, D.C. for the last 27 years, where she has been devoted to the last 20 years as an advocate for the inclusion of transgender, genderqueer, and gender nonconforming gay, lesbian, bisexual people in mainstream society. She is a self-made tireless advocate and leader for social justice. Her hard work has helped gain legal protections in Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C., excuse me. She has fought for LGBT human rights, transgender liberation, immigration equality, access to health care, hate crimes, and violence. Ruby's work has been featured by Newsweek magazine, Washington Post, Washington Blade, and so many other media publications. She was recently awarded the D.C. Center Community Service Award. Ruby is a bilingual inspirational speaker and nationally recognized sensitivity trainer focused on social justices, issueless, facing transgender, gender queer, gender nonconforming people, both in English and Spanish. Please welcome Goddess Queen Sister Ruby Carrado. Wow. Wow, that sounded really nice. Thank you so much. Good, Good evening, Ruby. Ruby. How are you? I am doing fine. I was rushing home to, you know, to make sure I got on the show. It's been a long year already beginning, but um, it's finally, you know, all this work that is producing things. Um, we had an amazing day. I announced everybody's new position at Casa Ruby for year 2015, and they came with a paycheck, um, which has been my dream. Ooh, we like coins. <laughs> to, to, to be the, the premier employer for transgender women and men in the nation's mm-hmm. capital. And our dream is really becoming part because today I'm happy to say that we are the biggest employer of transgender women of color probably in the country, and and that's a dream now. I'm very happy and proud. Wow. That is that is amazing, Ruby, and we're going to talk about a lot of your accomplishments and uh, the like. So, yes, Ashe. So yeah. um, I wanted to start off talking about welcoming you, Goddess Ruby, of course, um, and I know that you recently attended the new inaugural inaugural gala of new mayor Muriel yes. Bowser. Yes. Yes. 
Can you please tell our audience, Ruby, please tell our audience what that experience was like being uh, an invited guest for the new mayor of D.C.? Well, what it really means is that trans women of color have disability. We are no longer in the shadows. We're no longer um, acting in being behind the curtain. It means, as I have tried to do for a long time, to make sure that I am visible because behind me there's hundreds of trans women and men that cannot be there. So it's meaningful because we have a new administration that mm-hmm. comes a new ideal, and we are certainly a major part of, you know, what they are proposing. Um, it's a celebration. It's been a Washingtonian, and this has been my city where I live for the past 27 years, and to see someone new is a party. But it is also a political statement that trans women, like Lord Hunter, who was there, Consuela Lopez, and others, trans men, Ashim, that we were there being ourselves, and we were there also to show society that we exist. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the last time I saw you, Goddess, was over the summer in 2014 when I visited D.C. for some important summits. I yeah. stopped by Casa de Ruby and made it my business to see this amazing saving grace that you birthed. Can you please tell our listeners about that experience of coming up with the resources for Casa de Ruby and how you are standing here today and continuing to slay dragons? Yes. Well, it's been a it's been a dream. You know, I am a dreamer and and I'm a person that even through the dreaming that it that it will pass. Um I remember when I was sixteen years old and my parents put me on a bus and sent me away with a total stranger that will send me to freedom. Um because I was in a country where they were killing people for no reason. And I ended up in the United States. And I had a dream prior to that that I would live because many of the people where I came from didn't. You know, they died and they were killed. So ever since my life was dreaming that I will do something with my life, that I will be someone, that I will become someone and it is that dream that has kept me alive because as I grew up as an adult um, and I became you know an adult it was my dream that I will be a productive adult in society Um, now I transitioned and in my previous life as a boy I had a lot of privilege I had a lot of opportunities but I was not a happy person because I wasn't being myself. So I transitioned mm-hmm. into poverty, but I also transitioned into happiness. And transitioning mm. into happiness was the best choice that I ever made in my life. But I, honestly, I also transitioned into poverty because then all of a sudden, 
I couldn't afford a job. I couldn't, every time that I apply for jobs, I will never get a call back, or if I got a call back, I never actually got interviewed or something. So I did what most of my sisters do, and I survived. You know, I was very proud mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with with what life had given me. Um, I said, well, if this is what I have to do, I'm going to be the best at it. <laughs> so I became Absolutely. One of, so I became one of the highest um, for, in that, in, for a couple of years, um, one of the highest paid escorts in the city. And it was at that time that I saw many of my sisters going into the same thing. Um, and I became a transgender in D.C., which then there were lots of barriers. There were lots of um, limitations. It was a time in 1992 when it was not okay to be transgender during the day. Um, you know, there was a lot of ridicule. There was a lot of um, making fun of. There was a lot of... Um, misunderstanding. So every time that we will go out, or I will go out, even just to go to the store, it will be an adventure. But having transitioning to happiness, I took it upon myself to be truly happy. My body had not developed on how I wanted it, but my heart and my mind were very happy. So I went into the world letting the world know that I was happy. A lot of them didn't want it, didn't like it that I was happy, but I just, I realized that I had to be happy with myself, and making the world happy was not a choice. It was making myself Mm. happy. And through all of those years, you know, there were good times in my life. I had money, just like many of the girls who sometimes do escort. You know, I fell in love, but there was also emptiness at some point because I was making so much money but I didn't feel that I had a purpose and my only purpose was to get up, get pretty and make money. So I continued doing volunteer, volunteering and I got started in 1995 trying to bring education on HIV prevention to the community mm-hmm. that, I, that where I live and I always kept myself connected and grounded to my community, mm-hmm. because there were times I spent weekends or sometimes weeks, entire weeks in hotel rooms, but going to my community and being part and providing, you know, health education or providing just, you know, some help to my community kept me grounded, kept me alive, kept me wanting a little more. And it was in that community that I realized there were serious needs. And it was then with my own money, you know, I will do support groups in basements and churches and parks. I, in the summer, I love to go, you know, when, when you're a DC girl, you love the summer and you hit the streets. And I was one of them. I will always hit the streets, go to the parks. I have to be seen, you know. <laughs> I, I always have to be seen. But every time I will go out, I make sure that I reached out to the girls that were not doing okay. I will always reach out to the girls that were having a heart. And I will always reach out to those that I saw that were going through a little bit something that I had gone through in my past. And and that is what drove my dream to one day 
to provide services to my own community. So I created, um, actually went and volunteered for nonprofit organizations so I could be out mm-hmm. there um, and work for these organizations, give my time, so I could be out there representing those organizations. But I always thought mm-hmm. that they didn't meet the needs that we had. They they only meant the things that they wanted. And I saw mm-hmm. a different need that was not being met. So I said, one day it's going to be me. And I continued working as an escort. Uh, eventually, I got hired in one of those organizations. And I continued to, that is when I started learning on how to do things right, you know, how to do things by the book. I went to trainings. I went to, um, you know, learn things that I didn't know that later on prepared me to doing today. And through the years, you know, I I just went on to the point that um, I, I had a serious, a horrible sexual attack in 2008, and through the pain that I was going through, um, I decided to seek help. I was already Ruby, you know, the one that helped the girls on the street, the one that basically will give a girl some advice. But it was so hard for me when I was going through my own dilemma to seek help, and it was hard because sometimes, you know, I was the savior. I was the one that people went to. Uh, to look for, but I got the courage and I said, you know what, I'm going to make it, and, and I sought help, and I ended up um, homeless, basically, but um, it was on the streets, actually living on the streets. I was running away from a world that was very destructive, so there were times that I would sleep in the back of churches or you know, those arches around the churches because I felt that God was there. And that if God was there, mm. that was going to be okay. And some of us are actually did that. I, I made friends on the street. I made friends in the shelters. I made friends in the kitchens. And I saw a different face of the transgender community that actually mm-hmm. gave me hope. They became my sisters. They took care of me. We will always go out there, and I became another transgender homeless person with a purpose. It was there that I would pray, and that I will pray to the higher power that one day I will have the chance to help people like me at all levels of my dilemmas. And after two years of being homeless, um, I received a social security check because I had declared myself disabled with the help of some lawyers. And when I got that check, that was my first sign that I would do what I always wanted, to to have a place for transgender people to call a home, to have a place where they could be safe, to have a place where they could be themselves, and a place where I could treat them with so much love, a place where I could embrace them as my family, a place where it would just become, you know, a hangout place. What I didn't know is that once this place opened, it will become what it is today, a full thriving organization. Because when I hit the streets many years ago, I made friends. I made people. I treated them with love. I loved them. They loved me. And I knew that this place was not just the dream of Ruby. It was a community dream. From the day that I opened, I thought that 50 of my closest friends will be there. 
But in the signing book, we counted 223. And I knew that 223 people the day of the opening meant something, and it meant that this purpose was bigger than me. And we got together with other girls. I opened the door to other people who wanted to work with me. And um, one of them was very persistent, um, Caprice Williams, who's my right hand. And there were other girls that came in, but they were with me. And in two and a half years, we went from an agency where I invested all of my money that I had left. And today we are very close to almost hitting the million-dollar budget. Um, it's big. It's big, but the one thing I know that it's the years that we all of us had this dream to have our own place. Um, Casa Ruby is not just a center; it's 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 a name. It's it's a landmark in D.C. where trans people can be represented. You know, if if, if you're not seen now, there are people that are still struggling. There are people that are going to things. But in this organization, people can walk in, and they're in their own place. And and I think that in the last two and a half years, that is what we have become. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Goddess, yes. You um, definitely said a few things that I had to take some notes down for, because I was like, wait a minute, we got to come back to that. Got to come back yeah. to that. So, yeah. um. We're going, to, we're going to put that on pause for a second. Um, I think I want to move on to another question. Um, Goddess, it should be known, Ruby, that it's no secret that Casa de Ruby is sponsoring TWOCC National and it has proven yeah. to be a very effective collaboration. What mm-hmm. can big time? What can big time LGBT orgs? with those six-figure salary boards, learn and take note about this kind of effective collective economics with smaller grassroots orgs? Yes. Through the years, there were people in Washington, D.C., that believed in change. There were people that believed in making things happen. There were people that believed in true social justice. And I come from a community a grassroots background where I mm-hmm. went out and I, I will talk to anyone who wanted to listen about the 13 murders that we have had in Washington, D.C., about the discrimination, about, you know, all of the things that we were going through. And I started building what I felt at some moment. You know, I, I had the dream of opening the agency early in the 90s. But I waited because one of the things that I wanted to do, I didn't want mm-hmm. to build an thing. I wanted to build a movement. And because I come from that background, I was introduced to T-Walk. And I heard of T-Walk New York. I met you and I met through through the online information. And one day I met Lord. And I had heard about her her work, and I said, you know what? This is what we're missing. Casa Ruby, it's a local organization that has had national outreach uh, or that we have actually reached the entire country because, as you talked about earlier, we're not supposed to be here. I am a transgender woman of color 
45 years old, HIV positive, undocumented Latina at some point, uh, homeless, and I'm not supposed to be in a position of leadership, but I felt that when I met Lord, there was an opportunity to make the dream bigger. Casa Ruby is not just a local dream. It's the dream that many of us have across this country to work in our own communities, to lead in our own communities, and to help those that are being wounded right now. So as I met Lord, and, you know, I have helped the girls in New York um, at times when I was building my own movement, and I realized that we needed a voice that was national. So I made the invitation to Sister Lord to come to D.C. As a young organization in terms of the amount of money that we have, because the need is bigger than what we have, I felt that her voice was missing in Washington. Washington, D.C. is where everything happens, whether we want it or not. Washington, D.C. is the nation's capital. It's where a lot of decisions are made. And today, and so far in the last 10 years, a lot of decisions were made, and trans women of color were not at the table. So therefore, a lot of things that are happening, like violence, like HIV infection, like um, domestic violence, poverty, and all of the things that are happening are not being addressed because no one that looks like me, that looks like you, that looks like Lord, has been sitting at the table telling our stories. And I felt that she walked to come here and be that national voice. I have to say that since Lord has been here, people have mm-hmm. embraced her. People have mm-hmm. accepted her with open arms. Because when you open the door for another trans woman, you're not opening mm-hmm. just the door you're opening it to an entire community and I have to say that there are national organizations that are watching there are people that are looking at everything that we're doing I feel very mm-hmm. happy that the board made the decision to talk to everybody in Tiwa and have a presence here in Washington D.C. and just like she has received that moral support it is my dream and I believe that soon enough Tiwa will have the foundation and the financial resources to reach out and do more of the work that it's been done. There are people in our city that are doing work and getting funded for less work than T-Walk and Lord Hunter is doing through T-Walk National. And it is my goal, and I hope it is the goal of anyone who believes in social justice in true equality movement that money and funding comes to these organizations. Because just like they invested in Casa Ruby, we need to make an investment in a national organization that has to reach that this organization and the potential that it has to fix the problems that are happening across this country in the lives of trans women of color. Absolutely. Um, Ashe, I think we need... I have the opportunity to have a conversation with one of our funders, the Elton John Aid Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to an amazing person 
Matt, um, who is the director of programs, and I told him about how much it means to fund the work of transgender women of color because it means that we now have the opportunity to go into our own community and we can lead in our own community. We can make the decisions. We can do things that actually have reached and produced results. I have seen in the last five years an emerging movement, and it has an emerging movement made out of different women of color and men of color throughout this country, and I think it has the potential to solve a lot of the issues that we are going through in our own communities. We are the ones that know better. We know where the resources are better allocated, and I think it is time and it has become the time we can work in our own backyard. Absolutely, Ruby. Um, and I believe that it is time for us to take a phone call. How do you feel about that? Yes. Good. Right. Okay, so I'm going to say the last four of your number, and if you want to talk, you just, I'm going to say welcome to Kate Bell Show, you start talking. Okay, the last four... Who's here first? Mm. The last four is eight six eight one eight six eight one. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Okay, we lost them. Oh, hi. How are you? Hi, how are you? Who's speaking? This is Lourdes. Oh! This is Lourdes Hunter, and um, I didn't know I would be the first one on. I'm just speechless right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ruby, are you there? This is Trilogy, Divine Trilogy. Oh, my God, Ruby, you have no idea what you mean for the community. Yes. Well, all I have to tell you, girls, is that we are the change that our world needs. For years and generations, trans people have been at the back of the bus. Sometimes we were never even on the bus. We're under. We were under and sometimes we, we weren't just in the picture. But I know in my heart, and I've always believed that pain can't last forever. Hurt cannot last forever. And I think there's a higher power that is empowering me, Lord, Katrina, and everybody that is joining in this movement and trying mm-hmm. to in their own community, trying to speak up on Facebook pages, trying to yell and scream at the media so we can listen. I very often have conversations with people, and I have to explain why it is so important to give power to communities of color, to empower black and African-American women to lead in their own community. People get surprised. Sometimes they can't take reality, but it is something that we must begin to acknowledge and to change the reality that is happening. I have people criticize me 
because I support sometimes things that are strong. But I always tell them, you are not losing your life. People like you are not losing our lives. It is our Our blood is throughout this country. It is our lives that have paid for a lot of the accomplishments and a lot of the achievements that the LGBT movement has gained. A lot of people have come to to support LGBT equality because they know that there is inequality. And those that are suffering and going through the most painful situations in their daily lives are trans women of color, African-American women, Latina undocumented, sex workers, homeless, HIV positive. And it is us that have paid the price for a lot of what other people are now enjoying. And I feel very proud and very happy to know all of you because there was a time when no one wanted to listen. There are times I sit by myself where I am because 20 years ago, no one wanted to listen. 15 years ago, no one wanted to listen. 10 years ago. And now... I could be on a talk show and I've been on papers and I've been I've been outspoken because now they have to listen. They have to. Our lives matter and it is up to us to make sure that our lives are valued. And they're valued when we can go out in public and tell the world that what is happening it is wrong. There's a little girl who just Kill herself, and she said, "Fix it." And it is our community and our people that are screaming, and they're going out there, and we are going out there and saying, "Enough is enough," and we are here to fix our own future. Ashay, Ashay, it's powerful. Did you have something to um, add to that, Lord? Ashe, carry on. Um, I'm happy to have you here in D.C., Katrina and Goddess Ruby. You mean the world to me and the rest of us out there. You are laying the blueprint for what mm-hmm. it means for sisterhood, that we can do, we can lead our own movements. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have to sit and wait for someone else to create opportunities for us. We can create opportunities for ourselves. We can love each other and support each other. And I honor your leadership. And I honor you. Ashe. Thank you so much, Goddess Lords. Okay, so um, Ruby, let's talk about something different. We've been uh, talking about some heavy topics here. You recently got married. Congratulations. Woo! Let me get some... Yes, let's get the oh yes. You know Please tell us, Ruby, how being a trans woman of color and finding love with a supportive and affirming mate is possible.
possible? Yeah. Number one, you know, I, I always say dreams do come true. When I was younger and I was a little girl, and I remember one time I went to the restaurant with my mom when she was alive, and there was a family having dinner at this restaurant, and I said, that day, one day will be me. And I made a promise to myself that one day I will be either with the men of my dreams or that I will be doing the job of my dreams. And I said, well, by the time I get to be 40, I am going to either be doing the job of my dreams or with the men of my dreams. And I turned 40. I was in a relationship with a younger boy because <laughs> I was 37 and he was like 23. And I realized he was not the man of my dreams. And it was a point about three years ago that I said, you know what, I will just go ahead and about five years ago that I will just move on. He was a really good person. He loved me. We had a good life. But I needed more. So I decided to, for a long time, I knew I was also married to the LGBT community because I was doing a lot of work and I was creating change. And something happened four years ago. I met my husband, my husband today, and we started talking. And I remember the first thing he said, well, I just want to get to know you. And I met him online. And it took me a couple of days to tell him about me because I had a profile that where I I didn't identify myself as trans. So okay. it was a couple of days when I felt that something was more than just sex. Also, that profile that I had built was about falling in love and building a strong relationship. For a very long time, I had profiles that were totally the opposite. They were just love for the moment or cash for yes, the moment. Yes. So I I, I put right. to meet someone for a relationship and love. So several men answered, and he answered. And he, you know, eventually I felt like same the same interest. He said he was looking for a relationship. So later on, my baby, I got something to tell you. Because it was my baby on three days. <laughs> By the third oh, day, he like, oh. was like, my boo. <laughs> and I said, baby, I got something to tell you. I am transgender. Mm-hmm. And he was a little quiet for a moment. He said, it's okay. Because initially, you know, the first thing mm-hmm. he said first was that he wanted to get to know me. So we started, you know, we talked, we moved on to the phone and started talking on the phone. We talked for about three months. And one thing I realized that I have done, I have taken my guard down. I began looking at him as Ruby, the human being, because for a long time, I always looked at men as the booty call that I saw that I was or the sex worker that that wanted, you know, love for money. And for the first time, I realized that someone wanted to get to know me. There was no money involved. There was nothing else involved. And he said, okay, well, I just want to get to know you. 
you know, nothing else. So the first day, you know, that we actually met in person, he came to the house, and, you know, I thought he was super cute. And so I'm waiting there mm-hmm. with my sexy, you know, my baby doll, my hair dolled up like shit. I was like, okay, he's going to like And he, uh, he was like, why are you looking like old dolled up if we're just here to hang out? But part of what was happening, you know, I was, I had my ways. I had my tricks. This man was cute and everything. And he told me that we were not going to have sex. We were just going to meet. So, you know, tricky old me, I was, like, trying to seduce him. And at some point I'm like, well, don't you want me? I was like, every man wants me. They pay for me you know, to be with them. And and I was so used to being around men for sex that I questioned him. I said, what is wrong? Are you not attracted to me? He said, no, I am. I'm very attracted to you. But I said I wanted to get to know you. And I said, well, I want to have sex. He said, well, we're not having sex. So you, I said, well, you have to go. And he said, okay, bye. So he left. I was like, Next, because <laughs> you know I lived on the I lived. I playing him, and we stayed talking, and he was like, "Okay," he was like, "Okay." Damn. So we talking, and I lost track of him for like about six months. And one day, out of the blue, he talked to me again, and I'm like, you know, I thought it was a new piece, honey. I was like, "Okay, let me talk to this new piece," and we talked mm-hmm. about. Uh, three weeks, and he said, you don't remember me, do you? I'm like, no, who are you? He's like, well, I'm the guy you kicked out of your house because I wasn't having sex with you. I was like, O-M-G. So, (laughs) I mean, it was like, he was like, well, let's hang out. And I was very busy working a lot and trying to do things. So we will hang out, and I realized that I had invested a lot of my time in this dream called Casa Ruby, I had invested so many years of my life, life chasing the dollar, making sure that every time I saw a man, that I saw a dollar sign. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get to know this man, and, he, and I'm going to let him get to know me. Of course, we came clean. I told him everything that I had to tell him, and he told me everything about his life. And I realized that he had a past. He had a very, very similar past like mine, except that he didn't do sex work. But he was no gold coin, and we were both coming together. And that is how it happened. We just started, you know, talking. Every time we came together, we were like, we, we became just good friends. And there were times, you know, I remember the first time we had that, it was like, OMG. And it was just, he always, because from the beginning, I laid out, you know, what I wanted. I said I wanted a relationship, and I ended up trying to twist it. But, you know, I think it was about me keeping my guard down. Um, Mm -hmm. There was every time I came together with him. I realized that he had a life that was not probably, he was not the best. I had a life that was not the best, you know, I was doing a lot of things. But every time we came together, it was just me and him. 
the world will actually, we close ourselves to the world. And, you know, I started caring about him. I still have my ways. You know, I was with him, and I promised him that I wasn't with anybody else, that I was sleeping with other five men because it just it was just who I was. And one day he called me. He was like, I don't think you're serious. And, you know, he left me. <laughs> and that is when I realized, you know, Ruby, you can't spend the rest of your life sleeping with people for no reason or trying to get the bullet. And it's not your world. There are other people in it, and one of them is this guy. So I called him because I have screwed up so bad. And I said, give me a chance. Because he had already given me so many chances. And I said, give me a chance. This time it's going to be different. And it was. Eventually we moved in together. And it was different. There was a time when, because I had promised myself that I was going to try, that I was going to, but I was definitely going to do things different. And one day, mm-hmm. you know, we sitting together. I woke up, and he woke up one day, coming like in the middle of the night, and he was like, "Can you ma- do you want to marry me? And I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm still the, the stubborn. I'm like, oh, no, I, I don't believe in marriage. I'm transgender. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> and it was like, um. Uh, and then I realized, you know what? I said, oh, yeah, baby, I want to marry him. Because I realized some other bitch was going to come and take him. <laughs> I was like, this is the seat. So I was like. Right, oh, all this hard work I've invested in you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was right like, here. I will marry you, but let's not set up a date. And we were already living together until one day he got sick and he went to the emergency room. And they treated me different. I was like, they didn't want to let me see him. And I said, oh, hell no. I think it is time to do what I have to do to secure my life. Because I am with someone that I love. He loves me. You know, I I still give him hell sometimes about, you know, my doubts. Because I was upset for a long time. The only love I knew was that money, that that love that came with money. But that money ran out, and I will always make, you know, it ran out. Love ran out. So this time, there was no money involved. There was no, you know, I don't have to be that sexy. I mean, I still have to get sexy for him. You know, he still likes it when, you know, I I, I have to keep it sexy, but... You know, it's not like I have to. It's it's, it's a mutual thing. Um, and we got married. I, I I wanted to, initially I wanted to be private about it, but then he's been so supportive of me. I became a better person because of him. I am a much better and a bigger person because of him. And I said it is in... You know, I have all my sisters, and I said, you know what, we're going to do a wedding, and I'm going to share this moment with my family. So we got married on October 18, uh, or Mayor Vince Gray, who just, you know, ended his term, uh, walked me down the aisle. My family was there, my LGBT family, my transgender sisters were there, and it became a moment 
for me, but I also realized it became a moment for many of my students <clears throat> because I wanted them to know that it is possible. You got to make changes. You got to become honest with yourself, not honest with your husband or not honest with your boyfriend. You got to become honest with yourself. I was, there were times that I was so driven into things that were unreal. I have men that told me at times that they would have loved to marry me, but they didn't marry me because all I saw in them was a piece of money or a piece of this. And I realized that I had to change myself. Before someone could love me, I had to love myself, and I began loving myself for who I was. You know, I, I, I left a lot of the vanity that I had, a lot of the, the hang-ups that I have, and he loves me for me. I still have issues, you know. I still everything, wow. you know, people want him, and, you know, they want me. So it's, yeah. but we wake up every day together, and we go to bed mm-hmm. every day together. And that's a good feeling, but I had to allow myself that opportunity. And he allowed himself as well. So. Wow, amazing. So many feels. I feel like I, I need, like, a whole other show just to unpack, like, try to unpack some of the stuff that you sit on okay. and go on and on. And I'm like, oh, my God, I just want to be like, stop, wait, well, what about that? Wait, what about that? But it's like, you know, I'm just letting you yeah. talk because I just want you to, I just want you to really get it out. Um uh, yeah. I'll probably take another call right now. Let's see. Um, the last four is 7022. Yeah. 7022. Hello. You're on Kitty Bell Show. Hi. Hi. Who's this? Hello. Hi. How are you doing? It's Dane. Oh, wow. Yes. Dane. Welcome. How are you? Hello, my goddess queen sisters. I just, I wanted to, I just wanted to call in um, for a quick second, just to really, um, just affirm how amazing Ruby is. I mean, she is my social justice mama. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, uh, since, you know, she and I met, and, and instantly. Um, she has shown, she instantly showed me so much love and she wanted me to succeed. And, you know, I wrote a book. I'm the first trans woman of color in D.C. to publish a work of fiction. And Ruby has been instrumental in really getting the book out and promoting the book and promoting my work and and, um, just blessing me and feeding me with so much wisdom, love, sisterhood, um, and I just wanted to affirm that because Casa Ruby is really is really not just a community center. It is it is a home. And I was so thrilled um, to hear that Ruby had gotten the grant in order to open the first LGBT youth homeless right. center shelter in D.C. because literally it's something that since I've known her, she's spoken about, and this has been her dream, because she understands that so many 
of us, especially us trans girls. Some of us do have families who love us, and some of us don't, and we have to go and live on the street and, and, and live with men who don't care about us. And so she has always had such a big heart that she wants to create a safe space for us to be able to grow and be loved by your sisters. And so I was thrilled that she, you know, she had fought, she, she has fought for this money. She has gone into meetings and she has, um, you know, scraped tooth and nail to get this money. And I'm so thrilled that she has gotten it because I know that this has been a dream of hers. And to hear, you know, you, Kitty Bella, Ruby, and Lourdes on this call all together, I love y'all so much. Y'all are my big sisters. Y'all are queens, y'all are goddesses, and y'all have literally just poured so much love into me and my own work and my own evolution. Um, it, it has been thrilling. So I just wanted to call and just say that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much, goddess. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ruby. What were you saying? Yes. I said love her so much. You know, when I met her, um, I saw myself. I saw myself at a younger Ruby. Um, I saw myself at a time when I wanted to live my life as Ruby. Um, And I saw someone that, because actually we met through a mutual friend who had invited us, and then all of a sudden I'm here. And and I just thought she was so amazing and, and interesting. And then in the middle of the conversation, she said, I have a book. And I'm like, what? We have to show this to the whole city. The whole world has to see this. It's like, you know, and I was so happy that she decided to share um, this book, you know, with Casa Ruby. And like I told her, everybody has to know. You know, in our community, we have to, one thing that we have to do is, we have to support one another. And when I say we have to, we must do it. There are lots of people who say, oh, you know, let's support the movement. But we don't support each other. We have someone who, we have an author here. We have someone who has written a book, a beautiful book. Bye. And I felt like everybody had to support that. You know, that is why, you know, Dreams, I I became very, um, there was something that I always believed, that if I work for my own dreams, they will become big because I want to dream big. But I realized that at Casa Ruby, many of us came together and we dreamed together and it became huge. And it is one of the messages that I try to convey to everyone. The world outside of our community is not kind. The world outside the transgender community is not nice. They don't love us. They don't embrace us. So it is up to us to love one another, to embrace, to support one another. Because when we go out into the world, We are not going into a world that is going to love us, respect us, treat us with dignity, and make sure that we have everything that we need to thrive and succeed in our lives. So it is all the transgender women that have made it to support the new generation 
to support people like Lord, to support everyone that comes into this movement and teach them and give them everything so they can become three, four times bigger. Sometimes Mm. we limit ourselves because we want to stop the next girl from getting a job at a community organization, from starting Mm. her own dream. But what we don't realize is that when we help others, we are helping ourselves. I came to this seat time when I was so young, when I was a disposable transgender, and instead of going out there and destroying my own community, I started building a movement one by one, neighborhood by neighborhood. Sometimes we'll go into a neighborhood just to trick or to party, but I found the time to tell someone that I love them because I really love them in my heart. I never tried to be destructive because I realized that society was destroying me. Every time I went into a store and they discriminated against me, any time that I wanted to get a job, I experienced destruction. So I went into my own community and wanted to share love because some. They were the people that loved me back because I was just like them. And that is why we all have to come together and stop distracting each other. We have to stop talking about each other, and we must begin using the power that we have in in this life that we have to support and love one another. We have no room for destructive behavior. All that shadiness, all of that, you can't do it. And if someone comes in and they look like they can do a better job than me, there were many times I told the girls at Casa Ruby, if you can come here and take this job and you can make, and I can make sure and guarantee me that you will do a better job than me, I will give you the key. That was at a time there was no money, so a lot of them didn't come. <laughs> I was like, do you want this kid? They were like, oh, no, it's a $5,000. It was a lot of this? It was a lot of this? Uh, okay. Okay. Still tell the girls, you can come and take this organization to the mm-hmm. next level because we have needs. We have needs. We have a lot of things that we need to fix, and we can only do it if we come together. It is something, you know, Lord came, and she worked with the locals. She showed them how, you know, things can be different. And instead of trying to close the doors for one another, we need to open them. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not gonna. I don't even know if I'm gonna mm. wake up tomorrow. Mm. So today I mm. have it, and I can be on a show, and I can tell people that it, it is possible. There were times that a lot of the local girls walked all over me because they knew I wanted to create some change, and they wanted to stop me. Mm-hmm. They treated me wrong. But I forgave them because I realized mm. they had gone through a lot. Some of them went through more than me. And I've gone through a lot of shit. Mm. Mm. And what I did is I embraced them. And there was a time I was embracing them two months. They were like, look, this bitch has been here and she will not go <laughs> <laughs> They 
there were, I have a girl today calling me, telling me, Ruby, I'm sorry I treated you like shit 15 years ago. Mm. Ruby, I am mm. so sorry. I call you a stupid taco bitch, a piñata. I can't, I, I can't. Because I knew in my heart you were good people. But mm. I had so much destructive behavior within myself that I had to take it upon someone else. And I said, baby, you don't have to apologize. Because the one thing, you never put your hands on me, and you always make sure that even though you bitched about me being in the room, you never left me alone. And when you felt and I felt, we came together. So we have to focus. I don't care who was shaded to me in the past, but I know in the past 10 years, they realized I was a good person with the right mind, with the right with the right heart. And it's been a ten years that I have no one in this city who I came out with shit. I don't even know how. I I put marches together, I put events together with nothing but a dream. But all these bitches in DC have showed up to everything because we have come an understanding that by destroying one another, what happens? We have people killing us. By coming together, in the last two years we haven't had a murder. In the last two years we have created a community that is reflective of everyone. At Casa Ruby, we have seven people on payroll. Four of them are African American and they are the ones that are going to take this organization to the next level. Two are Latinas, me, and the other one is another girl who provides the transgender services to the Latina. And we have a Caucasian because although she's not of color, she still struggles. And if we are going to, the agenda is people of color, but we are also going to embrace anyone. We can have, you know, everything if we leave people behind. And we're certainly not not leaving anyone behind. And I think, you know, I thank you guys for working every day, for for trying to wake every day and making this a better movement. Anytime you put a a Twitter, anytime you put a Facebook like, anytime you post Mm -hmm. something that is positive and constructive about building a better future for our community, you are creating change. So the girls that are now struggling one day will have an opportunity to make a better life for themselves. I couldn't any time that I met Angelica Rose a little bit over a year and I told her, because, you know, once I, I, I had this agency and when I saw that there was so much, I told everyone, all of us have room to create our own change in our own community. And I remember I saw her about five months ago. She said, Ruby, I started the organization. I'm already building my own future. It's not easy. I don't want to sit here and make it sound like tomorrow we're all going to open an organization and now the money is going to start flying. No, baby, it's not. But what I do know is that we're getting into a new direction 
where this society will not have any other choice but to make sure that our movement is funded. And that is why we need to encourage everyone that has the desire to do any kind of work to go for it because it is worth it. At the end of the day, we have nothing to lose. And like Laura said, we have nothing to lose by our chains. I'm like, I am losing my chain, honey. (laughs) (laughs) How about we take another phone call and lose one of our chains here with a caller? How about that? Yes. The last four is 9815. 9815. Hi, you're on Kitty Fellowship. Just listening. Happy New Year. Hi, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for that message. You are being put back on mute. Thank you so much. I have you down, 9815. All right. Uh, let's move on to 8270. 8270. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Ooh, if I can talk. Hi, 8270. Okay, maybe they're just listening to Ruby. That's okay. Uh, no we'll problem. move on. There's, uh, there's more callers. The last four is five three four two five three four two. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Hello, five three four two. Okay, folks are listening tonight. Yes. Oh, we have another one. Wait, wait. Four zero zero six. Four zero zero six. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella yes. Show. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, yes. This is Angelica Ross. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, and Jen Jen Richards are both listening from home. Oh. (laughs) I wanted to. Girl, you are cracking me up with them sound effects. (laughs) Go ahead. I wanted to call in to, um, you know, yes, because Ruby was just saying, um, you know, actually, Ruby is just definitely one of my sheroes. Um, you know, obviously, everybody has seen, like, I have launched Trans Tech recently and whatnot, and it was a huge decision. I didn't have a job lined up. There was just a lot of stuff going on. But in January, um, I went to Creating Change for the first time, and that's where I met um, Ruby. Exactly, and yeah, literally Ruby was that kind of a force, you know, uh, really to to reckon with, and Ruby, you know, when I was talking to her and just kind of, she uh, told her about some of the work that I was doing and just where, what I was currently doing and the challenges that I was having, you know, she just looked at me, she said, honey, (laughs) like Ruby talked, you know, she's like, honey, you need to start filling out the paperwork to do your own business and, and run your own nonprofit. She was like, you can do it. I did this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Ruby, I don't know. You know, I, you know I've you know, i run a business before. I've run my graphic design business, but I I was just new in the nonprofit world and working inside the doors, but I knew that my place wasn't working within that within that system. I, knew I was going to be better working outside the system, but 
when you're looking at the system, you feel so powerless, you know, up against this big system. And it was just Ruby that was just like, you can, no, 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 don't mind that. Just go ahead and start putting, Ruby's like, even if Ruby was basically saying, like, even if I didn't do it right now, like at that moment, she was like, start putting the things in order. If this is totally something you can do on your own, you know, you you know enough. She like really affirmed that I had everything where other organizations that I was working with weren't affirming, you know, the, that I was mm. actually capable mm. of doing that job as a trans woman of color. Right. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to call in and say thank you so much, Ruby, because you, um, I tell people all the time how much of just a major influence and just like puzzle piece you were for me at creating change because literally when I got back from creating change, I went on like sort of a rampage of just like be of standing in my truth and saying, no, this is the way that this needs to be. And this is that. And it, you know, it caused conflict, which it eventually caused for me to need to, you know, go, go move on. And um, yeah, it just, it just all worked out. So thank you, Ruby. Oh, I'm thank so you so glad. much, Queen Goddess. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so glad. Ruby, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad because for a long time, many of us have had doors closed on our face. For mm-hmm. any times we had people who will discourage us. That was me. Many years ago, in 1992, when I moved to D.C., people discouraged me to become a transgender woman on the outside. But there was nothing they could do. Things have to, you know, I have to be me. When I was in 1995, they discouraged me from becoming a volunteer and giving my free time to help my own people. They discouraged me. In 1999, when I started this support group, they discouraged me. I'm starting a support group in 2004 when I actually opened the agency on paper they discouraged me from going ahead and filing the papers in, in, in the local government and eventually with the IRS and they discouraged me my whole life but I said no I know what is best for me I know what's in my heart and I see all of you, everyone that is listening, the people that are going to listen to this later, the people that are tweeting, the people that are on Facebook, all of you are part of this movement. Because if you were not part of this movement, you will not be seen. You will not be in our network. You will be out there, and no one in the world will know who you are. We know who you are. You're part of this community because you're meant to be part of this community. And as part of this community, we need to do everything that we can to support those that have it. There are some girls that are not the nonprofit world because it's tough, but they can do shows, they can support our work. There are girls out there who go to college and they're the brainy. Come to these organizations and give your time. Mm-hmm. Who have really generous friends, hello, that can make donations. I make some of my girls encourage their clients to donate to us. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I don't care if it is a doll, and I'm gonna give a little sticker. I had a couple of mine. So. Come on, Ruby. Come on, Ruby. <laughs> That's just All nothing the, in the I background. I already left Sexburg. I had left Sexburg, and I said, shit, I got their number. Because, you know, I wasn't dumb. I said, if this shit don't work, I'll go back. <laughs> All the oh. husband, I said, I'm opening a center for transgender. Because how many of us know clients that know the shit that is going out there? Mm-hmm. And I encourage some previous clients to make donations. Some of them, it's, it's a small world, and they've got the money, honey. Ruby, though, you, I have to say that you, the fact that you also mentioned, like, just how hard this work is and yeah. the fact that you mentioned, like, working with the girls, like, you have to be a certain type of person because I'm going to tell you, the more visible I get, the more things certain things happen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have some girls that just kind of come after me in certain ways, um, you know, behind the scenes. And I've had that happen for quite some time. But I've also had that situation happen that you talked about, where a girl comes back later on and says, "I'm sorry, you know, yeah. for treating you that way, even though you were here just to help me or to do, you know, different things or whatever." So you got to be that kind. You got to be that kind of girl that's not going to pop back off on your sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to know how to hold the space. If you're going to do this work and you know how this is the kind of stuff that we've been through to do this work, you got to be able to hold the space to let your, you know, to be like, okay, not get abused, but, you know, to know that they're going through whatever they're going through and always be there for each other in a certain way. Know to agree and disagree, but know how to support each other. And when I say mm. be there, one another, it really means all of us that are ready. Mm-hmm. Some of us, there are some of us that are ready in this movement that are trying to be the voice for those that don't have a voice. We have to support one another. The clients, the people that we help, they're still living in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. They are still living in a world where there is darkness. Mm-hmm. Girls like you Girls like that are in this movement, we are the ones that have a responsibility to praise one another, to pray mm-hmm. for one another. I pray that you make it huge. I pray that Lord goes around the world and brings the work to those places that need it. Mm-hmm. There's so much that needs to be done. Jen Richards, when I met her about, you know, a long time ago when I read about her work, I just felt real and happy in my heart because that is something that nobody teaches us, to be proud of ourselves when we're doing good. You will have hundreds of girls. I always tell people, Casa Ruby is not for everyone. Casa Ruby mm. is for those that are ready to be loved, supported, to be cared for. Because if you come to Casa Ruby to be destructed, it will not happen. And there girls who have to break. I have a little piece in the backyard when I say, girl, you need to go out to the backyard. Because that's your, you are not going to lash at your sisters here. And it happens. Am I supposed to kick them out because they had a bad day? No, because when they walk out of those doors, the world 
is going to attack them. So we have to be honest. This work is a mission. This work is a purpose. Come on, Ruby. Come on, Ruby. You are not helping people that are thriving. You are helping people that are suffering. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I always, you know, I imagined a long time ago, that some members of our community are, are like those little dogs that have been beaten, stepped on, kicked for so many years. And there comes a new owner, mm. and that new owner pet them. What do you think is going to be the first reaction? But sometimes maybe all you have to do is to stand there. For years and years and years, I stood in the dark, in the cold, in the rain, and I smiled at bitches that all they had to do was hate me. But there was a time they could hate me just enough. So, yeah, you know, you don't have, I mean, you know, I was I was extreme because some bitches were, they just needed a beating. <laughs> but at that time, you know what? <laughs> right. Sometimes it's just no. Some right, bitches no, no just right needed, one mm, some bitches just needed to be kicked in the ass. But you know what? I was honest with myself about my mission. I knew I wasn't saving bitches that had everything going on for them. I knew I was saving bitches that had pain in their heart and they had hurt just like me. I just happened to choose to be there for. That is why I say I work with the most underserved, the people that have the most needs. And I don't mean just the the economical and financial needs. There are many times that I'm honest with myself. I cannot get a transgender woman, a color or a non-color, an apartment in Washington, D.C. when rents are $3,000. I can't. I cannot get an undocumented Latina, a green card tomorrow. But you know what I can do? I can sit there and I can look at her and I can look at her in the eye and say, baby, you don't have to struggle by yourself. And if she shaded to me six months later, you know what? It is okay because I chose this. And it is the reason why I do it. When I see people hurting, yeah, I help them if they let me. I also slap bitches that wanted to kill themselves in front of me. I will not let them because I love them. I had to begin this work loving my own people. So we have to be honest with the oh world. Oh, my God. But yeah. I will tell you one thing. You will get what you need to do this work. There were times, there were times, the only option was to pay my rent where I was living or pay Casa Ruby. And I said to myself, I had one month, was one of the most difficult months, and I made the decision to pay Casa Ruby's rent, and I didn't pay my rent for my studio apartment. And I said, I don't care if I have to run this center out of a shelter, but I will do it. The next day wow. I got a donation. And it's been a struggle. But if you believe in your heart that you're doing the right thing, the higher power will give you everything that you need. Maybe the first thing that it will give you is a story in the paper. Maybe the first thing that it will do to have someone like Ruby that has gone through everything that no one believed in Ruby believe in you 
And that is your beginning, baby. You cannot stop. You have to do this from your heart, and the higher power will take care of you, and we will take care of you. And we now are coming to an understanding that it takes all of us working together, speaking, Mm -hmm. supporting one another, teaching one another how to do this work. Yes, I spend a lot of my time telling you how to do this work because I don't want you to fail. Like I have failed many times. I want you to come today and be prepared because you deserve it. You are doing the work. The work means that you're saving lives. You're giving hope. Anytime you go to a conference and you talk about your own community being in despair and struggle, anytime you can get Speak for those that can't speak for themselves. You are doing the work, and your work is going to grow to the point you will have what we have now, and you will do more, and then you'll teach others to do more. But we have to begin being honest and helping and supporting one another. In 2017, Ruby for president. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh my God, R- Ruby. Thank you so much, Angelica. Oh my God, you have. Oh, go ahead, Angelica. And, no, I know. I was just gonna say, Ruby, when you were just talking about the pain, like, um, you know, you're dealing with people with pain in your heart. You know, like you've had your pain in your heart or whatever. You know, I remember Oprah saying when she was talking to like a group of uh, sex, uh, like child molesters or what have you, and. And they were wondering, like, why can you talk to me? You know, a lot of people don't even want to talk to me and all this. And and Oprah says, you know, the only difference between you and me is that I chose to do something different with my pain. And, like, one thing I think we that we need to show our community more of or in some sort of way, I still am trying to figure this out, is some of the pain side in the sense that I think some people look and they see the photos, they see all this stuff, and they think it's all – roses and happiness and whatever. And I, you know, one thing I want most of my community to know is that I walk around, to be honest, and there's a lot of pain that I that I hold, that I hold, but I'm using that as a fuel in my life to do something better, to change things. I don't let the pain, like, overwhelm me, but it's there. But it's there. So don't think that, you know, we have it just easier. The pain is there, but it's pain management, you know what yeah. I mean, and learning how to do, what to do with it. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Thank you and so much. Before, I don't mean to cut you off, Angelica. It's just that I have to um <laughs> move the show along. Yeah. You mean Ruby? Tell you. <laughs> yeah. But what I want to yeah. say before you go, I want to say this: you will learn things that you don't know, but the one thing you always have to look at is you can't fix the world because the work is the world is. But the one thing that you can do is do what you do, boo. Do what you do. Because what you're doing is more than what anybody else is doing out there. When I began my groups, I had sometimes about seven girls. Sometimes, you know, it will grow to 20 girls. There was a time for big parties I had 150 girls. Now when I do events, I have 300 girls. It's not how many? Because to me, what matters is if there's one person, one, one every day that I can help, I did my job. Yeah, it's beautiful when you can sit and say, oh, you know, I have this big event. 
But, girl, the most meaningful moment for me is when I have one girl in front of me, one, one that doesn't believe that her life is worth it, one that doesn't believe that she can have a future. There were many girls who sit in front of my chair or right next to my chair because I like them when they sit next to me so I can slap them if they act silly. And in the best moment, because I can change one life. If you open your organization and only one girl shows up, keep it open. Keep it open. And if none of them showed up, baby, you are doing the work. You open the doors. And sooner or later, they will show up and sit down, and then you'll have more and more. But what you cannot do is give up. Because nobody gave you a like on your page. You cannot give up because you made a fundraiser and you only raised $2. Baby, hit the streets. A lot of the money that I get, I get it from the streets because I go where these bitches are. I know them. Come I know that I love drinking $20 in drinks and you can't give me two. I'll slap you, bitch. <laughs> but they believe sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always going to be the big picture The big picture will come When the moment comes But all you need to do Is enjoy the little picture The little picture is when you can get up And just create your movement out of your phone Nobody's there But somebody's reading baby Somebody's reading your Whatever you post Nobody's here Maybe 10 people like Sometimes people like my picture Sometimes they don't. But you know what? I'm still posting. I'm still. And I'm about to. Sometimes I have debates because I want to post shit that don't belong on Facebook. Like my husband, he's like, ooh, let's post this. I'm like, no, baby, we can't post that. <laughs> but, you know what? <laughs> Get excited about your work, girl. It's not what you cannot do. I learned for many years. I used to get frustrated. Because every time I would have fundraisers, I wouldn't raise what I wanted. But then I started doing more fundraisers. If I know I need to raise $1,000, maybe one fundraiser is not going to give it to me. Maybe I need to do 10, and I need to hit the streets. Maybe I hit the streets more than any bitch. Well, some some of them probably hit more. But I hit the streets, baby. Now I get to the point where asking people for money is just I have. But they know. But you see, you gotta do the work, whether they show up or not, whether they thank you or not. You are an option, girl. I see it. I see myself where you are. Of course, you're younger and beautiful. You're much younger and beautiful, and we all are. So don't give up. Ashay, Ashay, Angelica, we are going to move on. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you, Mama. Thank you, baby. Yes, yes, Ashe, yes. And we are so proud of you with everything that you're doing with TransTech Social Enterprises. Please go to their Facebook page. They have a Twitter account. Please look them up. Uh, Ruby, how much time do you have? I know baby, our, I, have, I, I work 24-7, honey, because you know why? Right. I'm, I'm with my family. I'm with my sisters, and although I love my husband, when he married me, he knew he, he knew what he was married. 
And, and you know, I I dedicate some time to him. I you know I I try to spend a lot of time with him, but he knows that I'm doing something, and and this is the work. Talking to my sisters, making sure that. The, you know, it hasn't been easy. Now I can talk about an agency that is very close to, to having a million-dollar budget, but it wasn't always easy. But I never gave up, and I'm not giving up. And like I tell my staff every day, we're doing this work for others. We're doing the work. We have an opportunity. And now today I announced the salaries that everybody's going to be making, and they're excited. And I said, now you have an obligation to our funder because they gave us money to produce. If we produce shed when we didn't have money, now we have to produce three times. And they're excited. They're still shadiness. They're still shadiness because, like I told one of the girls that I just dropped off at the bus station, I said, girl, I made decisions. I said, I got one program where I could have hired one person one transgender person to be the program manager. But I took that money from that program and I hired five. Five transgender women. Because if I hire one, four of four others that come here and, and have invested their time and effort, we'll go hungry. So let's feed all of us. Maybe we'll be half fed, building more. Five people can do more. Five dreams. And create one. She said, you know what, Ruby? I didn't look at it that way. I said, baby, you're going to eat. Do you think that our sisters don't need to eat also? So now there's five, and we will do some work. I don't, at least five of us are the work. So it's, it's the moment. It's our moment. I'm excited more than ever, you know, for all of us. We are building a movement from Ohio to Chicago, um, you know, uh, New York, Texas, California, because it is our moment. We do not need to stop because while we were fighting, while we were being shady to one another, there were other people making decisions for us. There were people here in my city, in Washington, D.C., there were people who tried to pretend that we didn't exist. But they weren't on TV. They were, there were people who came to this city when we already were doing the work. And they pretended and let the world know that they were the first one. They were not, with, they were not the first. Washington, D.C. started our own leadership within almost 20 years ago. I'm not the only one. I'm one of them. And the one thing that makes me who I am today is not I'm the best one. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm the most persistent. I'm the one that showed up every day. And the one thing why people support me today, because I support everybody. If somebody's having a birthday and they say, Ruby, come, I may show up for three minutes, but I'll show up. Somebody mm. may do, a new drag queen may have a, 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 a new show at a club and nobody knows her. Guess who's going to be there? Maybe somebody's going to have some kind of, you know, bullshit event that other people don't believe, but I believe in supporting my community. And when you support all of them, guess what? They will support you. Hit the street, just do what you say you're going to do. There was a t- now I work less. There was a time yeah, I was working too much, 
but I was trying to be honest with the words. You have to be out there. You have to support your girls. Some days they're going to say good morning. Sometimes they're going to say fuck you, bitch. But you smile at them any. They will. They will. But you smile at them, and guess what? You keep, it's like church. You keep coming back. And in 20 years, that's why these bitches, they, I love them as much as they love me because I've been showing up. And I will show up until I have to. And if I have to stay here 20 hours about then until the cell phone goes dead, this is the work. We're supporting one another. We're embracing one another and loving one another. I feel love here. I feel love for the girls that are listening and to all of those that are going to listen later on. Absolutely. I say, Ruby. Um I wish we could continue on for longer. We only have 25 minutes left, so I want to get in just a few more of my questions in. I really wanted to get your thoughts, Goddess, on this Leela story. Um, I gave my analysis at the beginning of the show, and I'm just, you know, it's bothersome and problematic for me um, when folks, there's a clear uh, contrast in reactions when you see uh, the murder of black and brown bodies as compared to uh, the murder or life taken of a Caucasian or a white body. So what what, what are your feelings about this kind of uh, clear dichotomy? Well, the number one that I realized is that, number one, it was wrong. You know, no one should take their life away because they felt that there was nothing else to look for. Um, On that perspective, I feel sorry. I I do grieve because, you know, I have been a victim of violence and, you know, I I connect with probably what this girl went through for a long time. The fact that people are reacting to her versus not reacting it is because we need to do more work. It is a reality that as, you know, people of color, we have to work three times harder. So maybe it means that every time that there is a murder of a trans woman of color, that we may have to repulse every five minutes. But at the end of the day, it is our reflection for what is happening and that is why I was, I wouldn't say thrilled, but I but I was thankful that many of you decided to talk about this because it is a conversation that we need to have. Um, we do have to talk about what happens to us. We have to become more engaged. Um, you know, I don't think... That you know her story is going to now all of a sudden get rid of you know a lot of the stigma that Caucasian transgenders that tomorrow they're gonna wake wake up and then all of a sudden there's not gonna be no more transphobia in their life. I know that, but what I do know is that we have to do our own work. That is where I get up. And I look at the concept of what can I do 
what can what can Ruby do? And I'm doing a lot in my own community. I'm doing other things that I can I can control what the media does. But what I can do is go and talk to the media until you know, it took me nineteen years to make it to the Washington Post. It took me nineteen years to have the post the Washington Post cover Ruby Harada. I've been on every every month, every week, I've been on the LGBT papers, but it took mm-hmm. me 20, almost 20, oh, baby, no, more. Because now I'm going, I'm still thinking I'm 20-something, but it took me over 20 <laughs> Yes, yeah, it took me more than 20 years to have the Washington Post cover Ruby Parada. Does it mean that I'm going to stop pursuing the Washington Post? No. Now I have three reporters that are friendly to me. There was a newspaper, the Washington City Paper. It took them 20 years to cover Ruby Corrado. They covered me in the past because I used to advertise my escorting business there. So right, it is what I can do. Once again, what can we do as women of color? We need to pursue. They're not always going to come to us. Sometimes we might have to send them, do you know, send them an email to the editors. They will get to know you. <laughs> they will get to know you. Then all of a sudden they're going to be like, okay, I don't have stories to put down here. But I'll tell you one thing, probably, you know, there hasn't been, I mean, other than the Korean man who wants to kill America, you know, maybe that was the right time. You know, it's unfortunate that that is what it has to be, but it is up to us to reclaim our place in this world. Absolutely. Ooh, Ashe. Um, Ruby, can you tell us about any upcoming projects or collaborations that you're working on? What is in the future, in the next several months, for Casa de Ruby? Well, the grand opening of Casa Ruby um, LGBT, LGBT Home. Home. Yes. yes. We are opening um, a transitional housing program for LGBT youth ages 18 to 23 and a half. And right now, I the government went and did an inspection and one item needed to be fixed, so the landlord called me today. She said it was fixed. We're waiting for the government to go back and do their inspection. And as soon as everything goes through, I will be signing a lease, and we will be preparing the opening, taking applications for looking for homeless individuals who need a home. Because it's not a shelter. It's a home. It's a home for those that don't have a home. Some people have homes, but it's a living hell. And this is going to be a home where they can be loved, where they can be themselves, where they can be transgender, they can be gay, whatever. Gay is a $3 bill, but they can be themselves. <laughs> yeah. But they will have a home. And my husband is chasing me all over. He's like, oh, I need a hug. And I'm like, I'll give you a hug, baby. Maybe more. I'm entitled. 
Um, Ruby, where can I folks get in touch with you? I'm where I belong. I'm talking to my sisters. We're empowering one another. We are creating change. This is history. You know, all of us coming together and creating our own movement and building our own future in the future. That is my thing. I made a commitment. Uh, someone who writes for a local paper asked me what was my um, my resolution, and I said, I want to bring programs. We are pursuing funding for our employment program, which is very limited. So we want to bring employment to the transgender men and women of Washington, D.C., those that are having the toughest challenge getting hired, and we're going to do it. We have a commitment um, by the local, you know, the new mayor that she will support, you know, employment initiatives for trans people, and we're going to be at the table. I learned today that a funding that was supposed to go to help victims of, you know, um, violent crimes went to a straight organization. And we do serve LGBT youth, and the previous administration funded a straight organization. Now they're calling me because they don't have clients. They want me to provide them the clients, and I'm like, oh, hell no. You find your own clients. I work <laughs> Yeah. I work, you know, I run the streets. So go on and run the streets just like I did. If you want, you apply for that money because you told the government you can do this work. And if you can, let the government take it away from you and give it to me. <laughs> Reclaim what it belongs to us. Our people, I don't make excuses. For fighting for my community So we can have the resources Why are my people Going to go hungry where Their table is full and no one is sitting At the table Oh no So I look at our opportunity I look at the opportunity To support T-Walk National T-Walk National Has to have a budget By the end of 2015 I'm going to do my best I'm already trying to open doors That open for me so T-Walk National can do and continue doing the work. I'm so glad that, you know, when I met you, that was one of the things, Katrina, <clears throat> that I saw. You support what you know is going to work. You know this is going to work. You know in your heart you're doing the right thing. And you're working hard because you've got your own, you know, things that you're doing, but you're taking time. And that is supporting one another. That is loving. Every time that Lord about you, her her smile shows up every time she says <laughs> your name. And you know, that's the work, honey. You're doing the work. Every time you, you know, people can listen to this, this is what you're doing. One day, you know, you'll be on your own show on TV. And because yes. we all have, <laughs> yes, honey, we just need to support one another. And I do know that we're on the right path. I do know that we cannot fail. Maybe it took me 20 years to get to where I am because somewhere along these 20 years, some of the girls joined me in my dream pursuing 
And maybe in the last 10 years, believed in me, showed up, supported, done everything that they could. So now Casa Ruby can be the leading organization to provide services to trans people in Washington, D.C., because we provide services. But now we're supporting our movement. Being on this call, listening to me, this bitch talking shit all the time, we're supporting one another. And we can show maybe later on to other girls that that don't even believe that it's possible that it is. It is. And that's the beauty of a movement. That's the beauty of a movement with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Ruby. Um, please. Oh, my God. There is so much that you're saying that you don't understand. Like, we need another part two. We may need a part three. Like, I can't even ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> and I'm really that, but it's okay. It's okay because, you know what, the time that we had together is, was time that it was meant to happen. Is supporting one another, teaching others, because, you know, the beauty about having people that have, that are also leading this movement is that we got stories to tell. Maybe I can tell you the stories of every time I had to walk in the rain or the cold when the girls that were shot in our streets. But that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to tell you I always tell my clients, just because, you know, I used, I went from this phase that I was this, I wanted to be this gorgeous sex worker, totally done, made up. There are days I don't do my hair, and it's all nappy in the back, and, you know, all dry and everything, because I want these people, my clients, my girls, my sisters, to know that I am just like them. I could definitely walk in into the office with my, you know, my suit and, you know, all my other stuff. Mm-hmm, but I, mm-hmm. I am just like that. And there are times I look at them and I say, baby, if I can do it, you can. There was a time I didn't have a U.S. passport. If I, if I could, bitch, you can. There are times I have nothing, nothing, nothing. And, and it wasn't coming. I had a bullet hole in my arm because, you know, I I hit the streets. And sometimes I stood in the wrong corner. Sometimes I made the wrong decision. Mm. Look at me. Believe. And there are times, you know, I have one of them who's like, oh, my God, that, that, bitch, had the, the, that bitch has already the doors closed everywhere else. But she comes to Casa Ruby, and that is the only place that she can come because she already had... She's been kicked out of every place in the city. But she comes to Casa Ruby, she hugs me, and we had a conversation before Christmas. And I said, baby, do not do that anymore. I'm going to put you in this place, and you're going to make the best. Do not fuck it up anymore. I said, this, you don't have And she said, you know, I know. I will never fuck it up at Casa Ruby. But it's not because I make her. It's because we have a purpose, and we have this is the word. So to everyone that has listened to this time, I just want to thank you for coming on board. I hope that I encourage you 
So when you're down, when your fundraisers don't go the way you want them, when no one walks through your doors, in the last two and a half years, I keep showing up to Casa Ruby six days a week. I only take one day off. I show up every day, sometimes 10, 12, 15 hours a day, because they keep showing up. My biggest fear, my biggest fear, I don't have it anymore, is that no one will show up. Because just like Angelica said, I have pain, and I'm recovering. And my biggest fear that was no one will show up, and that it will be an empty Casa Ruby. But it's not. Everybody's showing up now more than ever. And there were times when I did fear, but I don't fear no more. I have you. I have you all. I have Lord, who is doing an amazing job representing all of us, including me, in the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. He, he is fierce. And she's speaking for us. She's speaking for me. Because we alone cannot do it all. She's speaking for the girls in Chicago. She's speaking for the girls in Ohio, for the girls in New Orleans. She's speaking for the girls in New York. And we need to support one another. We need to support her. We need to make sure that the transgender women of color collective becomes what has not happened in the nation's capital. This is where decisions get made. This is why we have a fucked up HIV epidemic in the United States because women of color, we're not at the table. So we're dying, we're getting infected, we're not getting what we need because we're not at the table. The, interna- the National AIDS Conference is going to happen in D.C. in 2015, and today we're not at the table. But Lord is coming. She's having a major meeting with the with the organizers and the leaders of that, and we already demanded that she's going to be in the executive committee because someone needs to speak with us. Someone needs to speak for us. She's doing the work. So thank you, girl. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you, Angelica. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dane. I love you all. We must know. Love you too, Stop. Ruby. Thank you so much. This was so amazing. Love. Absolutely. Love, love, love. Oh, my God. That was amazing. If you would like to pour into Casa de Ruby, you can go to casaderuby.org and definitely sow a seed and sow a seed into many organizations as well as TWCC.us as well. Wow. What an amazing, oh, just mm, clinic. It has to be like a clinic, a clinic, and just and 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 breaking down sisterhood and breaking down uh, the, the the community and and just one's experience and narrative and 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 living in your truth and just so many skills and I can't even put them to words right now because I'm just super excited and hyped and just like have so many answers uh, questions that I can't get answers to right now. So I just am like so hyped. But um thank you so much for listening in and um we will be playing a song to end out the night called Wallace. Take care. Peace and love everyone. Peace.
that nigga in the shape of pop lotto. He was on the Twitter, but he never got followed. I'm a chin up with them, and I get the hand and pop bottles in them. I fish you with that head of hop, y'all know. Oh, she be she bathing with that, that top model in them. He already know what it does. I got here for you, nigga, keep it deep in the fuzz. A chat, cheek, cheeky, tickle, sip a giggly. Great guest, I jiggle and I wiggle, shake it, shake up the bass. But they get them, it's a big, your best one, dude. The jet setter with the measure and the wet pump, boom. The black chubby on the tip when the breast on do. You lick the left one, you gotta lick the right one, too, nigga. Yeah, I'm starlin' and starlin' at St. You've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.